Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Victory Church. Welcome to our Victory Church trivia. Who was the patriarch who built the ark? Do you know that? Well, let me tell you, many people will say, well, the patriarch was Noah. Well, actually, Noah built it. Yes, but he is not considered one of the patriarchs. The first patriarch is Abraham, and from there, Isaac and his son, Jacob, and after Jacob, the 12 sons. But yes, who built it was Noah, not just a one considered patriarch. In our hearts, Jesus is Lord. Welcome one more time to our worship service of this glorious morning here in Victory Church. We are very happy to be here together. If you want to email us or give us a call, please go to the website, vchurch.us. I will appreciate everyone here in the church. Please turn off your phone. And for those who are watching, whatever the social media platform is, check in on Victory Church, write a comment, give us a like, love, Follow us here in Victory Church. Remember that in our hearts, Jesus is King. Let's continue worship our good Lord. Let's worship our Lord through our offerings. Whether it is through an envelope here in church or online. Let's give to God what belongs to Him. Thank you, Lord, for all your provision. We love you, Lord. We would like to remind you about our podcast. When you are in your car or anywhere and you want to hear my Victor music or Gian's messages, you can save data by subscribing to the podcast. On your browser, type vchurch.us forward slash podcast and subscribe to it. Also, remember the audiobooks are available on mygiancarlo.com. Find positive ways to fuel your soul with inspirational stories and music. The time has come for us to receive God's Word. We have praised Him, adored Him, and worshipped Him. Now we will hear a powerful message that our Lord has poured down into our pastor's heart. Let's get ready to receive the inspiration that we need this week to go into battle with faith in our Lord Jesus. Let's give a hand to our Lord God and all together say, one, two, three, victory. Yay, Lord. From Odessa, Texas, I say hello to you. I am Gian Vichatoro, the founding pastor of Victory Church, and it is my privilege to be here with you sharing God's word on this beautiful Sunday, May 23rd, 2021, our worship service number 239. The topic of this morning is the lost disciple. I know, just to begin, you are thinking, oh, this is not going to be good. <laughs> well, don't be frightened, okay? One of the things that I would like to do with you is that you will follow the message through the notes. If you go to your phone, if you're watching through a big TV, 
or if you have a second device, go to the website bcharge.us, look for the tab bulletins, and you will be able to download the bulletin of this morning. The way to do it is very simple. If you have your phone with you, open the camera, point towards the QR code, and we'll take you directly to a link. Click there, and you will be able to download the bulletin of this message. Thank you so much for your support, friends. What we do in Victory Church is possible thanks to the contributions of everyone. If you want to be part of the team of supporters, go to vchurch.us forward slash give. The other way to do it is by sending a text message. The phone number is 432-268-0007. And then you will be able to help us. Thank you so much to our beautiful church members for your support all the time. Thank you so much also, Tracy, for the music and Sebastian for your work with IT and broadcast. So this morning, we are going to discuss what is the message of the lost disciple. And I know some of you are already thinking, this doesn't sound like an inspirational message. Well, it is. But sometimes we need to discuss about things that are not a good example in the Bible so we can learn from those mistakes, like we learn from our own mistakes, right? So I'm going to share with you four different scenarios or four different individuals that went through a lot while they did their lives. And of course, the first one that we found in the, the, the first name that comes to mind immediately is Judas. He was one of the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we are going to talk about him. The next one that we will be talking about is Cain, the son of Adam, right? And also we will talk about Jonah, a prophet, somebody that went and uh, delivered a message from God. But he also has uh, some examples that I know you will be interested in listening to it. The other thing, the other person is Saul, the first king of Israel. So let's start with, with Judas, okay? Why do we consider that Judas is a lost disciple? Well, basically he wanted to, to fix the world. Basically. You cannot blame somebody for, for having that desire, right? Because I know you want to fix the world. I want to fix the world. We want to fix many things in life. Of course we do. We desire that. But the reality is that not always we are able to, to make changes. Sometimes, unfortunately, we just need to accept certain things. But let's go to the story, okay? So Judas is uh, actually a, a leader in the community. The Lord Jesus began his ministry and he's doing fantastic things for the community. He noticed that the Lord Jesus was healing people. He heard about the miracle of changing, transforming the water into wine, and on and on. So Judas was selected by the Lord Jesus as well, a follower who was in charge for the budget. His position was the treasurer. He had these ideas in his mind about helping the poor, fighting for the ones that we call them less fortunate, those that are in need. Who doesn't feel sometimes moved 
when we know about individuals that are in big financial trouble. I know you feel that way. I feel that way. Sometimes breaks our heart because we are talking about people that we know. Sometimes it's somebody that we love very much, maybe in our family or a close friend, somebody that we know since our childhood, or perhaps it's somebody in the neighborhood or a, or a co-worker, people that we are acquainted with. But suddenly we see that they are in so much need and we start looking for options. Here in America, we go immediately to different uh, state organizations, agencies. Even we search for federal help in order to find solutions to people that are in need. Judas had the same heart. He wanted to see those less fortunate people being taken care of. It's somebody that we can even call them a leftist, if you like. A person with a big conscience for individuals that are in need. Judas saw the possibilities of uh, having a, a total transformation among the, among the Jews. Remember, the people of Israel were conquered many times in this particular era of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was the Roman Empire who was in control in the Middle East. Actually, good part of the world, but there particularly in, in this area, era in the Middle East, area where Israel was located and is. So... Judas didn't like that. Judas actually, when he saw the power of Jesus, our Lord, even stopping the storm, <laughs> bringing Lazarus back from death to life, when Judas realized the power of the Lord Jesus, he thought, there you go. This is what I was looking for. I knew that I could find a solution because I knew that I can fix the world. I can find a way to fix the world. Quite often, we feel that way when we are around our friends. We think that we need to find a solution to fix their problems. We, we feel sometimes highly touched, deeply moved, because we don't want to see anybody. We don't like the idea of people in trouble or in need or suffering. No, we don't, we don't like those things. Judas was exactly that kind of person. Now, his ideas were, if we bring the changes to the community, Jesus, with all this power, is going to transform the whole situation. He is going to be actually conquering the land, the Romans are about to leave, and, uh, and we can take charge again. So we are going to fix the situation. That was part of the thoughts that he had in his mind. But eventually he realized that it was not like that. And it is hard for Judas and for anybody else to read the promises in the Bible, to hear those promises from God of 
everlasting life, that we are not about to, to be suffering forever, that he is going to comfort our hearts, promises about healing, provision, transformation, blessings. It is absolutely devastating for many of us sometimes when we face the reality that some people simply are not going to make it. Now, throughout history, we know that Israel, for example, had suffered a lot, but not just the Jews. When you think about all the nations, many tribes and different parts of the world that were conquered, suffered. People from different races also have suffered. All this is not new to you. You are aware of that. Still today, we know that there are ones that are being conquered and they don't have the resources or the intelligence or the degrees or, or the education enough to overcome things in life. And, and they practically live lives that are hard lives, not making enough money, struggling pretty much for most part of their lives. It is hard when you see those lives. And then you have the biblical promises, all those promises from the scriptures, from the prophets, and finally say, it's not going to happen for these people. I'm frustrated. Judas experienced that. He was frustrated. You would be frustrated too. How many times have you felt frustrated because you want, you want great things for people, for yourself, for your family, perhaps healing for family members. Perhaps you want provision for certain people that you love for your own life, for your own home. And when, when those things don't happen, and you just know that people have been praying and trusting in God, but it's not going to happen because... For some reason, the Lord has a different plan for everybody. You are so frustrated that you feel exactly how Judas felt. Now, you don't do what Judas did. Because Judas went to the extreme. He said, well, if God is not going to help my fellows, fellow Israelites... If Jesus, with all this power, is not going to fix the situation, what's the point of all this? So he betrayed the Lord. And eventually he killed himself. He is a lost disciple, not because he disagreed necessarily, or because he killed himself. He became a lost disciple because he couldn't accept God's will. So that is Judas. Let's keep that in mind, and we will move to the next case, okay? So let's talk about Cain and Abel. This is a different scenario. It's the story of two brothers who have different occupation. They do different things in life, and they are different like happens in every family. You know that. If you have a brother 
Or if you are a lady and you have a sister, you know that everyone is different. They come from the same parents. Well, sometimes just one of the parents, right? But regardless, you know that everyone is going to be different. Cain and Abel were different. But there was one thing in Cain that made him a lost disciple. It is the fact that he was absolutely insecure and totally jealous of Abel. Sometimes it happens to me, it happens to you, to anybody. We feel inadequate by doing certain things. Anything. It can happen to anybody. And we feel insecure about doing certain things. But the one thing is to feel insecure about doing something because we don't have the experience or the training or the skills, the knowledge about how to do certain things. Another thing is to feel insecure of who we are. Insecure of not being loved enough, particularly from God. You know that in many cases, the relationship between individuals and their parents will determine how they will relate to the good Lord God. And it is very common to see individuals that have those kind of bad relationship between them and their parents having difficulties to connect with the good Lord. Because the earthly parents, especially the dad, becomes somehow a figure of God. So when, when an individual doesn't feel loved and is insecure about who he is, if an individual doesn't have a clear understanding of who he is, he becomes very insecure. And that makes him jealous because when he sees somebody like Abel in this case, that he was happy, that God was pleased with him, transformed the whole situation in a clear scenario for disaster. And Cain killed Abel. Second example of a lost disciple. Let's go to the third one is Jonah. Jonah actually, he was not necessarily a prophet, a servant of God per se. So Jonah was called by God. The Lord gave him a message. The Lord wanted Jonah to, to go to speak to certain group of people and, and tell them, deliver a message from God. But Jonah didn't want to do it. He refused to obey. The story is interesting because, as you probably know, he ended up in a fish, a big fish, that swallowed Noah for, I'm sorry, Jonah for three days. And eventually when he got out of the big fish, he was able to do what he was told to do to begin with. But he was not happy about it. If you read the whole story in the book of Jonah, you will find out that at the very end, he was still frustrated and complaining. There was an issue in Jonah's heart about obeying God. He had an issue. Obedience was a big problem for him, but not just obedience, the attitude 
the attitude. Let's put that on hold and let's go to the fourth example, okay? The fourth example that I have for you is the first king of the Jews, Saul. At that point in the history of Israel, prophets and judges were leading the people for centuries until the Israelites started to push for a king like the rest of the nations had. So the Lord said, okay, that is what you want. I'm going to give you a king. So here is Samuel being called by the Lord. He does the ceremony, brings Saul to anoint, being anointed as the first king for the people of Israel. The Jews were happy. Now they have a king. And Saul was uh, really special. He was a very tall man, very handsome, strong. You know, he had many attributes that all the Jews loved. Like we see today, people that admire others for what they can see in those people. Whether it's beauty or money or titles or positions or possessions, whatever, you know. But people never really consider much Saul's character. They were more influenced by his looks. The story tells us that eventually Saul came to a point, an intersection point in his life when he needed to make a decision in reference to a sacrifice. And the order that he received by the, from God through the prophet was to wait. But he says no. I want to do it my way. And that act of disobedience, by doing things his way, was the beginning of his end. His son, Jonathan, who was very close friends with David, never had a problem with the fact that David will be the new king of Israel. And he died precisely out of uh, his act of loyalty, not just to David, but to Saul. But Saul became a lost disciple because he wanted everything his way. He felt that way. Well, if I'm the king, why not? I'm going to do it anyways. So those examples tell you that uh, there is something that in the life of many people go wrong. And then is when, when we have to think, what about me? So today I'm asking you, what about you? As a servant of God, as a child of God, do you feel that you are becoming a good disciple? Is it possible that you are a lost disciple today? Like the examples that I gave you? with Judas, with Cain, with Jonah, or Saul? Do you identify yourself with that kind of behavior? Or perhaps you feel that that was you precisely in the past. And you say, no, I don't act that way now, but I did it. <laughs> I was exactly like that. But it's possible that maybe you are just you're having those ideas in your mind, like, 
what if I do this, what if I do that? And perhaps without making a final decision, those wrong ideas could take you to a path to become a lost disciple. I would like us to reflect on this scripture in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. This is coming from the New International Version. And we read in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Do you know who wrote these words? It was Paul. Now, if you know about Paul, you know that also his name was Saul, but it's not the same Saul that we talked before. You know, that Saul was one of the kings. I'm talking here somebody a little bit after the, the years of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Saul, a Pharisee, that in the book of Acts chapter 9 described his conversion, how he became a believer. So this is Paul, right, writing to the Galatians, this powerful statement that has to do entirely with what we are discussing today, which is reasons why people fail, reasons why people cannot succeed as disciples. And here I have the premise of my exposition of this morning to you, that the whole point is to understand that we should live exactly like this scripture states. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Which means we are not going to do what we want when we want. No. If we have been crucified with the Lord and the life that we are living is a life that is inspired by faith in Him, we should be doing what He says. And by faith, doing what we need to do, understanding that it's possible because if the Lord Jesus did it out of love for you and me, we can do it out of love for the Lord and for the rest. That makes us a good disciple, not a lost disciple. But I want to share with you today common facts in people who have failed as a disciple. I'm going to go quickly. I have to do it quickly because there are so many facts here. So here we go. The first thing that I have noticed is that many people like to be Instead of facing the responsibility of their actions, they rather escaping. They say, I'm not going to stay here and see what happens as a result of my mistakes. They don't want to face the responsibilities. They don't want to assume the responsibilities and deal with the consequences. No, they leave. That's very common. Many people also give up before the victory comes. Quite often I see that in many people, whether it's in their work career 
professional career, romantic relationships careers, <laughs> in their own life, health-wise, etc. They just give up too quick. And many of them, they, if they could stay a little bit longer, they could see the victory, but they don't. They don't. The next thing that I can point out here to you is that they are always pretending never being totally honest and pure. Some of those people, they, they just can't be honest. They always pretend, always pretend, trying to look like they are doing the things for the right reason, but they don't. They don't know how to be honest and pure. That's why they failed. Others, they just can't stop. Look for the pleasure in the flesh. As believers, we know that we need to stop those pleasures of the flesh if they are unholy. But some people don't want to. They want to do both things. Pleasing God for, for on one hand and pleasing their own flesh on the other hand. Some of them, they like to live in a fantasy world. Not appreciating what, what they already have. In other words... What they are doing is they, they, just, they just think, this is not real. What I have here is temporary. I'm going to get there. And they keep dreaming in, in that land, place, whatever is what they are dreaming of. And because they are just dreaming of those things, they stop appreciating what they already have. And as a result of that, they failed. Other people, they can never commit for real to God and to church. They don't want to. That's why they failed. And they become a lost disciple. You talk to them. You pray with them. You spend time with them. And you think they're going to make it. But the bottom line is that they are not willing to commit to God, neither to church. More examples I have for you. Some of those people that have failed in life as a disciple, they think too much of themselves. They just think they are so amazing. They are so great. And as a result of that, they failed. Because in reality, they were not that great. Well, let's face it, there are people that are really good at certain things, but it's a mistake to think too much of yourself. Others have failed because they feel entitled. They feel that they deserve everything. And as a result of that, they failed. Another lost disciple. Other people think that they actually they are convinced that there is no one like them. I am so amazing. Nobody else will do the things that I do which is connected with having a stubborn pride. Not just pride, but being stubborn about it. That is a perfect route for disaster. Other people have failed because they just think all success is for me only. <laughs> they cannot accept that other people can succeed in life and be blessed and have wonderful things in life. No. They want all just for themselves. 
And as a result of that, they fail. Other people have failed because they like to use others for their own agenda. It's all that they care for, what I want. And I will use anyone and everyone in order to get what I want. And my last example for you is individuals that they think, well, I will do what other people want as long as I can get what I want. There is always this condition. They keep thinking of, yes, I'll do it. If that is needed, I'll do it. As long as I can get what I want. Next Sunday, I wish that you can come with me to our worship service will be the service number 240 on May 30th. The topic will be the martyrs. I want to talk with you about those who were willing to even die for the Lord, for the church. That will be next Sunday. But if we go back to the scripture of Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, and we review one more time about this important concept of being crucified with the Lord and living by faith, a life, a lifestyle that is all about pleasing God and obeying Him. You know, one of the most amazing things that you can see in anyone is when he's willing to serve God for real, with sincerity, being absolutely honest, and trying their best to be pure, no matter what other people think, say, or do. The problem is many people are so concerned for other people's opinion, as I mentioned earlier, that they just try to pretend, but they are not doing it from their hearts. And the issue with this is that the Lord sees everything. The core of the problem of being a lost disciple is precisely the lack of willingness to die to your flesh. Simple as that. And just remove those pleasures of the flesh from your heart. Being circumcised spiritually and say, Lord, I don't want to do what is wrong in your eyes. I want to please you, Lord. I will do whatever is necessary because after all, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. In the life that I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I want to give you some conclusions today, my friend. Very important conclusions. If you don't want to become a lost disciple, conclusion number one for you. Learn that God has a time for everything. The Lord has a time for everything. Therefore, you need to learn to wait. Whatever is what you want, whatever is what you are praying for, Whatever is what you are longing for, whatever is what you need, whatever is what the Lord told you he will, for you, will do for you, whatever the promise is, 
whatever is the dream that you have, whatever, it doesn't matter what's the goal, the objective, the desire, it doesn't matter how powerful the promise or the, or the prophecy came to you, remember that God has a time for everything. He will do it in his time. Not when you want. When he says it's going to happen. Therefore, you have to learn to wait. While you are waiting, you're not giving up. You keep doing what you need to do. You keep trusting in him. But you learn to wait. And one day, we'll take you to the next. And then the next. And then the next. As soon as you know, one month has passed by. And you are getting closer and closer to that victory. Don't give up before the victory comes to you. Just wait. Wait on the Lord. Second conclusion for you. Obey with a sweet attitude. That is what we call surrendering. The Lord is asking you to do certain things. The Lord is imparting you ideas in your heart, ideas and thoughts in your mind about things that you should do. The Lord has been talking to you about stopping, stop doing certain things. And he has a reason why he wants you to stop doing those things. He has a reason why he wants you to do things. When he is inspiring you to do certain things, you just need to obey him. But obey with a sweet attitude. You know? Surrender and obey the right way. Not against your will. Willingly. You say, Lord, this is the right thing to do. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go through this. I'm going to obey you. I'm going to worship you. And I'm going to trust you. And I'm not going to freak out. I'm not going to be upset. I'm not going to be complaining and mad at you and just telling everyone that I have to do this. No. You will obey with a sweet attitude. That is surrendering, my friend. The third conclusion Learn to be flexible and listen the feedback of others. Quite often people will tell you things about many things in your life. If you are really willing to listen the voice of the Lord, quite often the Lord will use people, wise people around you. And sometimes even other people will give you indications of certain things and you are like, mm-hmm. You know, in Latin, it's very common to hear this saying, Vox Dei, Vox Populi. Vox Populi, Vox Dei. And this phrase, this saying is applicable most of the time for the time of elections. Because what that saying means is that the voice of God is going to be heard through the people. And the voice of the people is going to be heard through the voice of God. That's why they say, especially in election day, Vox Day, Vox Populi, Vox Populi, Vox Day. In other words, people are going to put in that place of preeminence to whomever the Lord wants him to be. Flexibility in your life is essential. 
You can be wrong about certain things. You can be mistaken. Probably you are thinking this is the right way to approach this situation. This is the right thing to do. But not necessarily is accurate. But when you are flexible and you start listening to the feedback, what others have to say about this particular situation, about your own problems, about your situation, and you learn to be open for feedback, you will learn to be flexible. The next conclusion that I will suggest you to assume is reject rejection. And I know it sounds weird, right? But it's true. You will find in many places that people will not pay attention to you or directly they will reject you, whether it's for a promotion or a new job or if you are dating somebody or trying to date somebody, if you're trying to buy something or do something in and they reject you for whatever, whatever reason, learn to reject the rejection. Which means you need to accept yourself and say, well, probably this is not the right time. This is not the right place. This is not the right person. This is not the right way. It's not the right moment. But that has nothing to do with yourself. You have to accept yourself, love yourself, knowing that the Lord God loves you. And just go with it. And in the meantime, while you are dealing with all these things, other people are shining. Other people are being up. Because it happens sometimes. Sometimes in life, when you are trying to move a little bit farther, a little, a little bit up in whatever is what you are trying to accomplish, and you just struggle with a little forward step, Step forward, advancement. You see suddenly that others are just moving forward really fast. And they are shining greatly. Rejoice with them. Rejoice with others when they shine. Accept yourself. And don't be jealous for whatever is going on in the life of other people. And... Above all those situations, a good disciple, not a lost disciple, a good disciple is going to seek to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. A good disciple is thinking of heaven, is thinking of eternity, is thinking of how we can lift up the name of Jesus so others can look at him Others can talk about Jesus. Others can receive the blessings from the Lord Jesus. A good disciple always is seeking to glorify the name of Jesus, not his own name. A good disciple wants to worship the one who died for us. And that is why it's very opportune to ask the question, are you ready for a new life? Are you ready to start again? You know that Romans chapter 10 verse 9 declares that there is only one requirement to receive the forgiveness from God. And it is by believing. Believing that God raised him from death. And when you believe that, and you say it openly, you know what happens? You become 
you become a child of God and you are going to be saved in Jesus. So today, I would like to invite you. Say with me the prayer that is in the screen. Say it. Dear God, I am not better than anyone else. I am so imperfect and sometimes I am weak. I have been wrong and today I want to come clean before you. Please forgive me. Lord, you are the one that I want to adore. You are my God. I open my heart to you, Lord. I confess my sins before you. I want to obey you and trust you and serve you forever, my Lord. Starting today, I want to see life and people exactly as you do. Please help me, Lord, to become the person you want me to be. My friend, it's on the, on the beautiful cross where the Lord Jesus Christ gave his life to save you. What if you say with me these powerful words? I am forgiven by Jesus. My Lord can do everything. His word is true and active in me. My life is going to be great and blessed in 2021. You are blessed in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I wish you a beautiful rest of your Sunday, and I hope to see you soon next time. Thank you for watching Victory Church. Please feel free to contact us. Our email address is info at vchurch.us and our phone number is 432-614-9798.